Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 25. Now, when we began the podcast, the whole design was for four days of every week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we would deal with biblical passages, people, places, and prophecy. And then on Friday, we would answer your questions. Well, one of the questions that I'm often asked is, what does God mean by when he says, for God so loved the world? What is the term only begotten? And what does it mean to perish? Now, everybody has their own ideas. You might say, oh, well, those are simple. Well, they are simple if you know the meaning of language. But sometimes we get it messed up. For instance, I've asked many Sunday school teachers, what does only begotten son mean? And you would be shocked at the answers I get. Because you see, the Bible says that we are, as children of God, we are the born ones of God. We are adopted into the family of God. So Jesus is not God's only son in that sense. So in what sense is he his only begotten? And what does that phrase mean? Well, what I want to do is just go back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now what I'm going to do is just break down this verse as quickly as I possibly can in this podcast to help you to understand the passage. First of all, it's in the greater context of the encounter with Nicodemus that Jesus had, who was a a rabbi. He was respected. He was very wealthy. He was very well educated. In every sense, he was the upper crust of Jewish society in every way and should have known the answers that Jesus was giving him to the questions he was asking. But it's in the middle of that passage and his conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus said, for God so loved the world. Well, let's just break these words down. The word love is the word agapao, I love, or agape as we know it better in our English language. You see, there are four words for love in the Greek language. The word eros or erao, the verb form, is the word where we get our word erotic. And it is a self-consuming love, a love that's totally consumed with satisfying and satiating self. It's a very selfish love and is usually associated with a physical nature or of lust, erao. Then there is the word storgeo or storgos, and it is usually referring to familial love, the natural love that a person has, that is a brother for a sister, a mother for her child, something that is natural affection. As a matter of fact, this very same word is used with an alpha privative, an A on the front of it, astorgos, or astorgos, when it is referring to people that are living in the last days that do not have this natural love. And so it says they are in the last days, they will be without natural affection. That's the term astorgos. Then there is the word phileo. Now, phileo is the Greek word 
that is usually associated with Adelphos, another word which means brother. Phileo doesn't mean brotherly love unless it is put with the word Adelphos. Phileo, Adelphos, the city of brotherly love. The word Phileo has its root in pleasure. It's a kind of love that says, I'll treat you well as long as you treat me well. Well, you see, anyone, whether they know the Lord or not, can live like that, can love like that, because you're doing unto others the way they do unto you. And you're good to those who are good to you. You speak to those who speak to you. But there is a love that's much deeper than that. And it's a love that is based in the character and in the choice of the one doing the loving rather than in the attitudes or the actions of the one being loved. And that is the word agapao or agape. It's a word that God chose to describe his love for us. But God demonstrated his agapao, his agape toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God doesn't love us because we love him. He doesn't act toward us in the way that we act toward him. As a matter of fact, while we were shaking our fist in the face of God, God still loves us. And so that is the word that is used for God so agape, God so unconditionally loves us. Who does he love? The world. Now, again, this word world is used in several different ways. In the Bible, the word cosmos is the word for order. There is the order of nature, of animals, uh, zoology, biology. And then there is the world system or the world order that is anti-God. John said, do not love the world. That is the system that is built upon satanic principles and anti-God secular principles. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Still use the word cosmos there. And then there is the world of men that were created in the image of God. That's what the word cosmos means in this context. For God so loved agape, the cosmos, that he gave his only begotten. Now that is the word in Greek, monogenes. Mono is the word for one as in only. Genes with a hard G, G-E-N-E-S. If I made that a soft G, you would understand it. Monogenes, monogene. Gene has to do with kind, with DNA. For God so loved the world of men that he gave his one-of-a-kind son, his unique son. Unique is an absolute word. You cannot put a modifier with it. Something is not really unique, very unique. It is either unique or it's not unique because unique means one of a kind. For God so loved the world that he gave his one of a kind son that whoever trusts in him, commits to him, should never be lost, ruined, wasted, but have eternal life. Life that goes on forever. Not only quantity of life, but quality of life. And the Bible says that we have that right here and now. So let me put this in very simplest terms. What is meant by monogenes, world, love? For God so loved the world that he created. God so loved the apex of his creation, man. He so loved us that he gave his one-of-a-kind son. No one was ever born like him. No one ever lived like him. No one ever died like he died. No one ever rose from the grave like he did. You see, he is the unique son of God. He has God as his father, and he has an earthly mother. He is 100% God. He is 100% man. No person who's ever lived has that kind of DNA. For God so loved the world that he gave his one-of-a-kind son that whoever trusts in him would not be lost or wasted or perish. The word 
that is translated here, perish, is the same word that's used to describe a wineskin being broken. Jesus said, you don't put new wine in old wineskins, lest you ruin, and that's the word here, ruin the old wineskin. It would burst. It would be wasted. It would be discarded and thrown away. You see, a life without Jesus Christ is a waste because you will never know why God put you here on this earth, and you'll never be able to know the God who loves you and loves everyone around you. And in one sense, no matter what you do in this life, to make this life better for others, if it does not have Jesus at the center, the Son of God, the one-of-a-kind, unique Son, then all is lost. It'll all just one day pass away and be wasted. For God so loved the world that he gave his one-of-a-kind Son that whoever trusts in him, their life would never be ruined or wasted but it would accomplish that which God put us on this earth to do. We're on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.